0: You are listening to episode 144 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John, and
1: I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games. We've recently picked up games we're currently playing, and we get down on our knees to finish him in today's Inflation Deflation Challenge.
0: Okay, that's going to be kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i did not even dude i honestly didn't even see you it didn't even look that. at it did no. you? i
1: knew you'd like it. so basically this week uh we're playing john's midway legacy one-up arcade edition without the box under it and you've got to sit on your knees like a little kid if you want to play it because it's not tall enough to stand up next to
0: god man anybody that just hears that first party episode are like nope checking out <laughs> Yeah, so um, I bought a 1UP Arcade a little while back, or Arcade 1UP, whatever the hell you want to call them. I always mix that up. And uh, yeah, I've had a lot of fun with it, so we'll talk about that here in a bit. Also today, we're going to talk about Kojima stirring shit up on the Abandoned Conspiracy and PT and all of this other fun stuff he likes to do. Uh, abandoned skeptics warn about the unmade Blue Box Games going back to 2015, so we got a nice uh, grid that somebody made, um, kind of showing Blue Box Games' as history. We're going to talk about the top 10 Switch games that have been pre-ordered over the last two months. And then EA is doing some pretty crazy stuff with its NDAs in Battlefield 2042. Uh, So we'll get into that soon. Uh, If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast app that you are listening to right now so you get the most recent episodes every week. And of course, find us on social media, at Game Deflators, on Twitter, at Deflators on Instagram, Facebook, and of course, TheGameDeflators.com. So, Ryan, this week, pickups... Nothing. So we uh, we obviously talked with um, we have an episode coming out next week where we've got grief burrito or Harrison from grief burrito. And we talked about what we're currently playing, currently picked up. And, you know, since we're recording the next day, I haven't exactly played any games in the last 24 hours, let alone this full week uh, since my family was in town. So,
1: yeah, uh, I, uh, I had the chance to purchase and then fall asleep to Disney's Jungle Cruise Uh, My wife says that it was very good and that I need to go back and finish it. Oh, so wait, did you do the whole like Disney
0: Plus thing where you pay for the movie on the TV or whatever?
1: Yeah, so we're using some friends Disney Plus, so we bought the movie. So, you know, it it kind of works out that way pretty well. Like it sucks having to pay 30 bucks for a movie, but I guess when we're using somebody else's uh, subscription, it works out a lot better. (laughs) Yeah, see by my house,
0: they have $5 movies every Monday and Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not too bad. You should actually, there's a location similar to what I've got near me uh, by your house. And I think they do the same deal over there Um, and reclining seats. That's the most important aspect. Uh, Yeah. So dude, uh, again, I didn't play anything this week, but uh, of course I have been messing with my magic, the gathering stuff as always, you know, I'm going to mention next week on that episode uh, since I kind of covered it already. uh, Legacy goblins is something I'm looking to uh, build out and you know i'm trying to look at some of those um you know net decks kind of what we had talked about uh the other week where it was those 20 casual decks and such and building towards some of those so i've got my eye on a few different casual decks that i think would be pretty fun to play so whenever you come here we can play like a round of magic or something some casual stuff and um i'm excited dude there's a lot of cool stuff out there
1: yeah i had the chance uh yesterday to go to uh, a hobby shop that I haven't been to nearby, um, I think I've mentioned before, I've been kind of getting into building some Gunpla lately, um, and I've got a Wing Zero that I'm putting together, and I wanted to step up my game this time and try at least doing some panel lining, like where you paint in like all the, the edges black so that everything's like lined out. It makes everything pop a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I've tried the Gundam markers. And I don't know. Like it just doesn't seem like it really gets in there. I don't know if it was like maybe I have the wrong thing. I'm I'm not really sure. So I looked up online and they said to get uh Tamiya panel line accent color. So hmm. I uh did not do that a couple weeks ago. I tried using my Warhammer paints that I got and those did kind of the trick, but not super great. This panel liner stuff, I finally was able to pick some up yesterday and it's totally, it feels totally different. It feels a lot more like ink and it just kind of, you pick it up with the brush and just kind of let it flow into the cracks. It's, it's real smooth and and goes in easy. Uh, I'm supposed to get some like Q-tips and some special thinner that they make too to kind of wipe the excess off the edges after it fully dries. I haven't quite gotten that good or had to go to that step yet, but oh, so, it's like, so uh, far it's looking really nice.
0: It's like null Oil then,
1: yeah, in a sense. It's, okay. yeah, yeah, it's similar to null Oil. Okay, cool. Yeah, and does it have a gloss to it? So, um, a little bit, I mean, it goes in, I mean, it just really makes these bold black lines on the plastic. Gotcha. So it, it doesn't have really enough surface area to be catching too much light, mm. but it gotcha. does make it look tremendous.
0: Cause like the null oil on a lot of minis and stuff that I painted for our D and D campaigns, um, that definitely makes it pop. It fills in all the crevices and such yeah. that normally you wouldn't have and creates that shadow type of effect. It's a wash. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it too. Um, Oh, speaking of D&D, we uh, had my campaign yesterday, which is pretty interesting. Um, So I had the group, I don't know how long it's been since I talked about it in particular, but uh, I had the group in the city of Veltorell, which was being dragged into Avernus, otherwise known as one of the ninth levels of hell, one of the nine levels of hell. And uh, I had the characters trying to find older raven guard who's like the leader of the flaming fist um within the campaign and so they made their way down and they found him and came across gideon lightward uh while they were in there and one of them rolled a flipping nat 20 to convince gideon to allow them to go into the bottom of his cemetery where raven guard was can't do anything about that so uh yeah so they go down and they find him but uh, when they find him, Justin, who is playing a character named Argon, which is an Asimir, and at the time he was a protector Asomir, touches this crown or this um, helm that's on Ravengard. And when this happens, they had Baphomet come out in a dream to Justin, and Justin had to make a deal with Baphomet to not kill his friends, unknowing that this was a dreamscape that he was in. So after everything is said and done, he like rolls his head back and the characters look at him and go, what the hell happened? He's like, Oh, I was protecting all of you from this giant demon. And I made this deal with him. And they're like, what you made a deal with this demon Lord. And it was just the most hilarious aspect of the whole game. Everybody bitching at him, how he just made a deal with a demon. And uh, it was just super cool. Like to have like the big ass mini that I painted that you've seen and just kind of have that come out with like crazy music. And Justin was uh, at the time in person, uh, for that part of the campaign, it was just a lot of fun, dude. To finally bust out that big mini, have that part of the campaign kind of jump in, like a key part that I wanted to include with, you know, a demon lord deal and you know how to kind of progresses with the characters. And uh, I'm excited, dude. And then last night we had them kind of get Ravenguard back, like he was able. They were able to essentially remove the helm, and he kind of comes to and tells them everything that he's seen and the characters at this point are underway to go down into avernus uh but not before they have to climb down like four or five hundred feet of giant 20 by 30 chain links to get down into hell so I'm pretty stoked it's gonna come out pretty well
1: sounds fun and we're gonna yeah, be dude. playing some DD tonight
0: yeah dude this is my third night of DD in a row by the way it's a little a lot of
1: D d you're doing it
0: I'm Dean doing it yeah I played Joel's campaign on Friday I played my campaign yesterday and then we got Jenny's tonight. That's yeah. World session zero tonight. So I'm excited, man. There's a lot going on. So uh, but- I have
1: I have a potential pickup that I've been okay. looking at that I want to run by you and anybody out there in podcast land. If you want to weigh in, feel free to reach out to us on our social media platforms at the game deflators on Instagram and Facebook and at game deflators on Twitter, because they don't like the Mm hmm. Uh, so I have my room up here pretty much set up now. Everything looks great. How about this awesome old table at Goodwill? And I kind of cleaned it up and I'm going to use that to be like this cute little retro corner in my room up here. So I want to get an old like tube TV to put on it. And originally my intent was going to be to get one of the ones like I had growing up with like a built-in DVD player. Like mine had a built-in VHS, but you yeah. know, I figured I could get one of those. And then I was kind of thinking about it. And I was like, well, I could also get a slim PS2. I've always wanted a slim PS2. And a PS2 is the only console that I don't have besides PS5. So... Like I was like, maybe I should just get because I'm sure I could probably get a bigger or maybe a better quality just TV than Mm -hmm. getting one of those combo ones. And I was looking online on OfferUp and and even on eBay and stuff. And it looks like for the combo ones, it'd probably be like a hundred bucks or so, maybe a little more depending on like the size or you know how far away it is or if there's shipping if I get it online. Mm -hmm. but like what do you think what do you think would be the better route to go the the dvd built into the tv or get a tv and a ps2 slim and then by extension and necessity the the remote um i mean it
0: depends on what you're looking to do if you're looking to do a lot of ps2 and ps1 gaming then yeah definitely go to slim as a dvd option as well as a tv uh and on the note of the TVs in terms of cost, you can go to like mom and pop thrift stores. And sometimes they have a lot of those older TVs there at those types of stores. I know Goodwill doesn't cover them anymore. They only do flat screens nowadays. Um, And it's been like that for a few years, but yeah, I would say if you can pick up a, you know, hell you can get both, you can get both a DVD combo one and get the PS two slim pending the price. And then you can have your DVDs, you know, set up and playing. And then you don't have to worry about swapping discs. Hmm. Yeah. That is an option if you can get it cheap enough. Yeah, yeah. That would so be my I guess thought.
1: there's no there's no real preference on your side. I just, I know that I had been reading there was less literature on this than I thought I would run into, but when I was reading on Reddit, somebody definitely was like trying to say that you know, they find that all-in-one technologies are never really as good a quality as getting separate things for individual function. And I kind of tend to find that that's usually true.
0: I forget the reason. And maybe this is just like a, I wouldn't say a hoax, but it's um, fake news. I guess you could say Uh, the whole thing that I had heard years ago was like, if you were playing, dvds or cds on like a playstation 2 but it kind of wore down the laser more because it had to get continual use on like movies and such versus just playing games and the same thing happened with like the ps3 and uh playing blu-rays on there when and dvds uh versus just playing games that kind of like was an issue of lasers down the road i i have no true or no, not no true i have uh no clue as to how truthful that is uh but yeah i mean i, I get the idea of like all-in-one type of stuff just isn't as good and you want to go separate i totally understand like that's usually how i've gone in the past as well as a matter of fact Mm -hmm. so uh but yeah i mean i would say if you had the chance uh you know i would personally do the dvd combo tv and then go with the ps2 separate that would be my preference
1: why not both always a good option
0: yeah, for sure. And, of course, if the DVD piece blows out on the TV, because, you know, it's an all-in-one. Backup. Well, yeah, you got the PS2 as backup now. Perfect. So, All
1: right. Yeah. Well, I've been enlightened.
0: There you go. All right, man. Well, uh, assuming you don't have anything else that you are currently playing or that you just, are currently just picking up. Just
1: Game Pass stuff. You know, the usual. Yeah. A little bit you know of this, a little bit of that. Nothing too committal. Definitely uh,
0: no Mario. Uh, for our users... Uh, or not our users, but our listeners, uh, but you are using the game deflators to kind of, you know, get We're happy
1: pushers today. and your users. Yeah. Of our
0: content. Take, our uh, content. it is three months. No, 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 no. Four months and 16 days until Ryan has to complete Mario Odyssey, or he has to play some Spice Girls on the PlayStation one.
1: Oh, I'll definitely knock Mario out in that amount of time. No worries there, folks. Mm. You can trust me. Yeah. Remember all those other times I said I would finish things that were not Resident Evil 8?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll see. We'll see. The countdown is on, dude. Countdown is on. I meanwhile need to finish God of War. And then I kind of want to play. Well, I gotta finish Ori Will of the Wisp as well with my wife. Um or no Sublime Forest, I think. And I want to start To the Moon. I wanna start that one up next. Okay. First article, Kojima stirs up more abandoned conspiracy theories on PT's anniversary. This is Game Rant, and it is
1: Joshua Duckworth. I hadn't heard this one until you sent me this. And this is this is at the core of this whole abandoned thing. For anybody who hasn't been listening, abandoned. It's a game. It's being developed by Blue Box. Blue Box is a little indie studio that nobody has really known too much about. We'll get into that a little bit more with the next article but people have been saying oh it's going to be the next kojima game it's going to be the next kojima game and it's like got all this like ps5 like allure to it and all this mystique it was supposed to come out with like a playable demo or a play demo or some kind of something last week some sort of trailer and it never happened like they had a countdown timer I think to another countdown timer and then released a release press release saying, Oh, Hey, you know, we're having trouble at the last minute, blah, blah, blah. And then Kojima, like he goes and tweets something. It was for a, what was it like a book or something?
0: Um, reading material.
1: Yeah. Discussing a piece of reading material. It says it's not unusual for Kojima or it's not usual for Kojima to talk about his interests outside of gaming on Twitter but a lot of things caught the eyes of Silent Hill fans. First off, the work is titled The Murder Case of Abandoned Amusement Park. That word abandoned indubitably caught the eye of many conspiracy theorists online. Secondly, there's an image of an animatronic rabbit, which many fans immediately associated with Silent Hill's Robbie the rabbit. Uh, those underwear should know Robbie's it is an anthropomorphic rabbit, the mascot of Lakeside Amusement Park and character has appeared in many Silent Hill games. So, All of these things wrap up into this one perfect like, okay, Kojima's either just being a huge troll, which would be hilarious, or uh, it is true and the conspiracy is real and the fabric of reality is unwinding around us. Or it's just like one hell of a coincidence that like Abandon happens to be in the title of this amongst all of this Silent Hill abandoned Kojima firestorm that's happening.
0: I don't know, man. I think Kojima is uh, <clears throat> making a bit of a slight towards both, right? He's got abandoned, low, you know, noted on there because of PT and everything, but maybe he's also saying abandon as in like a slap to the face of Blue Box and saying, "Hey, you are gonna abandon this as well." I mean, who who knows with Kojima, man? That guy's brain is everywhere. But all I do know is, um, no matter what, I would like to see abandoned finished because they actually looked pretty cool from the uh, the stuff that I'd seen.
1: I mean, it's just been like some stills
0: and stuff, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, but I mean, it still looks pretty cool. Here, let me let me load it up, and then I'll. Um... I think it's just been shots of like woods in a sepia tone. Is is all I've really seen. I I haven't delved too much into it this whole time that this controversy, I guess if you could call it, has been going on. I just I don't a I don't have a PS five. B I haven't played Silent Hill any of them. Uh, C I only played one or two Kojima games a little bit, and mm-hmm. not even finished them. So it's like this has all the makings of like one of those dumpster fires to watch from far away and just be like, huh. So like one way or the other, I'll get to the conclusion of this, but it's not gonna really affect me. If if it does wind up being like the conspiracy, I'll be absolutely blown away. Um for for sure like there's no way i think that it could go this far without them being like oh you got us although maybe there's a huge marketing campaign planned around it and they'll just deny 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 and then three months down the road be like oh it was true the whole time
0: yeah so abandoned yeah it has been stills but you know with any actual trait the teaser trailer that they had back in like april um I mean, it it looked pretty cool. It had like this, you know, woodsy type of vibe that kind of reminded me of the Blair Witch Project uh, in a sense, just a little more light. And uh, I like that type of game man, like the survival horror type of aspect um, when it comes to games like this. So yeah, from what I saw, I definitely was like, yeah, this looks pretty cool and I'd be looking forward to this. But I don't think anything else has come out since then. Are you still with me?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think so either. I was trying to look and see. I, I mean, there was that announcement that never came to, and that was about it. But, I mean, that's that's pretty much the <clears> perfect <throat> reason and time to switch to our next article. Uh, this one is uh, abandoned skeptics warn about unmade blue box games going back to 2015. Uh, this article is by Nick Rodriguez at Screen Rant, but special point out to scrtz gaming on twitter who's the one who really kind of like posted this infographic and kind of laid it out for everybody Uh, and i don't know how it took so long for somebody to pull this out like i don't know if this person like did a bunch of research and found this information or or how it came to light but this it seems like this blue box controversy has been going on long enough for people to get skeptical i know people have looked up in the past like and been like oh no you know they have been around for a while but they haven't really done much but like when you look at this graphic that he dumped here it's got you know uh 2015 this whole like announced a horror game called rewind delayed because playable teaser for the game because technical issues uh say it'll have vr canceled kickstarter said game development on haul said they have a new project announces the development is resumed game was never released website was deleted that was all 2015 and it basically goes like year by year almost since then covering all these different announcements for stuff that just haven't come out or weren't what they were supposed to be or were these big lofty promises with no follow-through so Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if they're making money off of this like If there's like a Kickstarter for this or if this is like a green light thing on Steam and they're getting all like early access money. But like any way you cut it, it seems like a scam.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can totally see what you're saying there. And what's what's really funny is I was looking at the Twitter comments in particular for this. And some guys said at least they're they're, uh, consistent in disappointing their audience.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a crazy thing that it just came out this week. Like I heard. I think I heard Spawn Wave in the morning news talk about it on like Wednesday or Thursday. And that was, I was like, really? It's been months. Nobody knew all this before. It just like it surprises me sometimes still, like, you know, how much information is out there that we don't really ever look at until mm-hmm. somebody brings it up. But it's like, it must have been there in some format for that person to have found it.
0: Well, and here's a really interesting thing is that, you know, I'm digging through the tweets here. Uh, the game that they have online is actually launched in a, um, uh, what do you call it? an early access? It's called The Haunting. And this guy says on here, it's just rename. It's a renamed version of Rewind, The Whisper, The Lost Tapes, etc. So it's as if they've taken like this game that they started with back called The Rewind, and they've just kind of continually built it out. And that's, Kind of where they're at right now. Like they haven't done anything
1: outside of that. They've just kind of renamed it a bunch of times is what it looks like. Well, and they haven't even gone back in to like finish the develop. Like if you try to develop the same game five times, you better finish it by the fifth time. So listen to this. So the
0: haunting Bloodwater Curse. Here's a, just listen to this. Sarah Feynman is a journalist who is in search of her brother. Josh visits Redwater Woods, hoping that she would find her brother there. She finds the woods being haunted with ghosts and comes across an occult who want to sacrifice her and her brother to complete their ritual. Experience of game in cinematic third-person perspective and fight ghosts with a camera. Okay, sounds to me like every other thing that they've had here uh, between the lost tapes, uh, the whisper, uh, rewinds, like if you kind of unseen faces, all of that is like tied in with that description of the haunting. And even so, when you look at the stills and such that come from uh, this horror game, abandoned, it's kind of the same thing. Like it all kind of links together as in like, it's just this one project and they've had like a bunch of different names for it.
1: Well, and you know, the thing is like a lot of indie games try to go for this, like out in the woods, horror kind of vibe. And I know outlast two kind of tried going for this. Um, I just find that a lot of these, like, budget horror titles, I mean, they don't ever really break out huge. Like, they become, you know, online niches and pray that they, be, you know, can be the next Five Nights at Freddy's or something like that. But for the most part, like, what was that? I was trying to think of that game that we played where we, like, we got off the train and we went into, like, the old mansion and we couldn't really find our way around too well. It was it made supposed us. to be, like the maid of Skur. the maid Skird. of Skurd. like yeah. that was like just kind of a whatever game but i mean like the amount of detail and like work that they put into that game must have been tremendous and then mm-hmm. for this studio to basically just not really do anything and get so much more acclaim than like some other studio that actually tried it's all just some weird publicity stunt online thing like i i hope that they're making some kind of money off this to make it worth their time. Otherwise they're just being like total trolls for no reason.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I said, I I like this style of game. I like the whole woods concept. It's just my thing. But at the end of the day though, like just piecing this together, even in the conversation that we're having here in seeing their history Uh, looking at what they already have is like early access tying in that description kind of makes me not want to even support this game once it's complete, you know, given all the shadiness behind this particular studio.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if it's ever complete, that's if it's ever
0: complete, right? Well, uh, yeah, but talking about completed games, Uh, GameStop has recently revealed the top 10 Switch game pre-orders that they've had over the last few months. This is super short. We don't have to go too deep into detail, but this is Brian at uh, Nintendo Everything. And let me just load up Brian's list here.
1: You want me to go through
0: it? Oh, I've already got it. Uh, Full lineup, starting 1 through 10. And there shouldn't be any surprises here, Um, but number one is Metroid Dread, followed by Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl Double Pack, Mario Party Superstars, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Shin Megami Tensei 5, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, which is interesting because Shining Pearl actually doesn't make this list, uh, WarioWare Get It Together, Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, Sonic Colors Ultimate, and an Advance Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp. Uh, so that's your top 10 in, in regard to the last two months. Any surprises on your end there outside of Pearl not making a list over Doki Doki Literature?
1: I mean, I've been hearing a lot of stuff about Doki Doki and uh, watching some content from, I guess, just game theory on it. And uh, people are super into that. I know that was really popular when it first came out. I'm glad to see uh, Shin Megami Tensei five way up here. That should be cool for for people. I know that like the Shin Megami Tensei series is like long running. I mean, obviously, I played a little bit of Persona so i don't have much experience with that um i'm kind of i kind of think it's weird that so many people are buying both or that they sell now just a two pack of pokemon games like that seems like extra greedy for some
0: reason they started that with um i think it was sword and shield had the double pack and
1: they've had a few other games i want to say had double packs as well uh pokemon legends arceus is way too early to be pre-ordering that and we don't even know what that is yet oh dude that open world pokemon warrior wear get it together we were just talking yesterday i'm gonna pick that up on Haz's recommendation because i've never played any of those warrior wear titles yeah uh sonic colors whatever there's got to be stuff for sonic people i think this is one that some people like and some people don't like but i think in general is considered not a bad sonic game yeah, it came out on the Wii years ago. But like 1 and 10, I want both of those. I want Advance Wars. I've never played Advance Wars, so I'm stoked on that. Metroid Dead's going to be awesome, hopefully. Mario Party Superstars, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. This is just like people throw their money at stuff. Yeah. I'm, I've am i definitely stopped pre-ordering. I stopped pre-ordering a few years ago, and I've never really looked back on it for the most part, except for like stuff that you have to pre-order. Like, you know, but like as far as games, if I could just go get it off the shelf or if I could just download the digital version, like Advance Wars one and two, will I buy a physical copy of that? I don't know. Maybe, probably not. I'll probably just download
0: it. I would say it's okay to pre-order like first party Nintendo games for the most part. Um and then of course you can always cancel like the day before once you see the reviews coming in and such, but you know, I always like to, to pre-order if I can a first party Nintendo game because it's never gonna go down in price for the most part, like throughout the life of the console that it's on it just historically, you've seen it over and over again. The games stay at their normal rate. Occasionally you can find something like, you know, Walmart $10 off, or they might have like a 15% off sale down the road, but it, for the most part, they generally stay pretty consistent. So I think in this list, I'd be okay uh, getting like Metroid dread, uh, Mario party, superstars, Pokemon Arceus, and likely worry aware. And that's it off of this list. Uh Advanced Wars, I've already got one on, I think I have one and two on the on a GBA. So it's like there's no point in me picking up a reboot uh for those games. Uh, but that's kind of where I would see this list. So uh not much on there, but of course, you know, let us know if there's anything that you're looking forward to on that list and that you've already pre-ordered. Next thing here, dude, uh Battlefield 2042 playtesters who break NDA, maybe a may be banned from playing the full game. Uh, This is Kotaku, and it is Zach Zweizen at Kotaku. This
1: is so dumb.
0: So pretty much the way it's working out is, like, these people had, like, early access Uh, To be able to see this new Battlefield game and anybody that shares like footage or any clips or anything along those lines uh, could be banned from playing the full game down the road. Uh, Also, they had talked about there being marks on people's YouTube channels uh, from sharing said contents and like EA is just going like gun ho removing everything that they can uh, from existence on this game, which is in your point, stupid,
1: because wouldn't you want there to be hype on this game? Well, and I mean, Halo, they just had their like free beta weekend or something a, a week or two ago, and you were allowed to share all like the footage and stream on that, and I mean, Halo was trying to redeem themselves from their last trailer last year when everybody was like, oh, this looks bad, you know, so getting it out there, getting in front of people to actually see and interact with and have fun with, and they wanted that to be as public as possible, but yeah, it just it makes it look like they're hiding something. It makes it look like they're like scared that people are going to copy off their homework or something right before they turn it in. But it's like, come on, man. Like when's the last time that that really mattered? Like everything's so iterated upon at this point. And I mean, once the game comes out, like in a month, month and a half, something like that, when's it come out? Like early October?
0: I don't know. Cause here's the thing, all of these games, in my opinion, like this battlefield and, uh, Call of Duty and all stuff, they've all pretty much been the exact same thing every single time that they've come out. There hasn't yeah. been anything like, and obviously we're going to have Battlefield fans and Call of Duty fans are going to be like pissed off at us, or pissed off at me for saying this, but it's not like they're bringing anything like crazy new to the table. Like, What are you going to showcase in Battlefield 2042 that is not already in market or is not even being, you know, hasn't been thought of by other studios at this point? Well, into you know, like, like-
1: lead off this new game release like this is like okay our new game that's coming out let's get all our biggest fans in to play it and then threaten them that if they talk to anybody about it we're gonna bust their ass like how is that a way to treat like your most staunch proponents that want this early access and are there to like help you test the game like you're gonna threaten them and hold it over their head like they work for you like these are your these are where your money comes from, is from these people. Yeah. And there was something else
0: in here, too. I'd have to dig into it, but something about, like, codes. Uh, codes for Xbox has started rolling out. Uh, so sort you're of thinking of sharing them with a friend. Don't. They won't work. You don't want to share your account information with folks either. It's going to end badly for you. It's, like, invite
1: badly. only. So it's, like, you yeah. can't have, like if you came over to my house and played on my system, they would have no idea. But if you logged in as me at your house and played it and they found out and they found out kind of like, uh, remember they had that thing with the, what was it like PlayStation plus or something for like new PS five users. They got like a bunch of games and then people were like selling the login information to like PS four pro users to like download the games for free. Also, Mm-hmm. We covered a few months ago. They, they, they can know, you know, what your usual IP address is and what you're doing. And if they think it's your friend, I guess they're gonna bust him and you, and then neither of you will be allowed to play it when it comes out. And they'll feel real good about
0: it. Well, and to add to it, it says break the rules, expect to lose access to both the technical playtest, future EA tests, and potentially access to 2042 itself when it releases. We've already removed plenty of people from the playtest in these past 48 hours, and they won't be able to play this weekend. Like that's just so ridiculous, man. Like, you know, it's one thing if somebody's like selling codes or somebody's like giving away codes to try and get like subscribers or anything along those lines. It's another thing if like you're playing on your own, you want to share this footage. You know, I, I I get certain components of an NDA. But at the same time, why would you put an NDA on this? It's not like, for example, um, the GPUs, like NVIDIA and AMD, when they were releasing their GPUs, a lot of YouTubers had NDAs, so they could test it, they could uh, put the benchmarks and have videos and stuff pre-created, but they couldn't until like the embargo date was over. Uh, they could not actually release any like information specs and such until all of that was done. So I get it if there's like, some sort of embargo where you can't release footage until a certain period of time, maybe, but it does. That doesn't come off like that for this for me.
1: And who knows? Maybe it is. Like you think that like once the game launches, they're still going to like be hunting for this like pre launch footage.
0: No, no, I don't think that I think. And here's the thing. Like, I don't know if the NDA is actually online. Yeah, it's, I don't see it online. So I guess my thought here and where EA could be in the right is the NDA in particular could say, hey, you're able to play this game, you're able to create content and reviews, but you're not allowed to do it until X date is kind of yeah. what I would think. So yeah, if you I mean, were that's given... That's usually what's, what's yeah, going on. But it, this article is actually kind of, in a sense, it doesn't give like a full scope
1: on like what the NDA actually entailed. I mean, I guess if you look at it from EA's point of view, they've got an unlimited supply of people that are ready to do that. So, you know, if 50,000 people break the NDA, there's probably another 50,000 because they sell how many, you know, tens of millions of copies of this game.
0: Yeah. Hey, EA, we'll do it. <laughs> so uh, not that I would play Battlefield 2042 because yeah, blah, but, uh, yeah, so I guess we'll uh, we'll see how this pans out uh, here in the next few weeks. Um, you know, whether or not we see YouTubers, I mean, we might have videos that we start seeing on YouTube of people pissed off because they got banned from future playtesting.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: this will be interesting to kind of see it play out. Uh, but, dude, moving on from EA into a better product, uh, the inflation deflation for this week: Mortal Kombat 2 Legacy Edition, uh, one of arcades. So I picked this up. Uh, Several weeks back and, you know, I don't think I discussed this on the podcast, but in my experience so far, I've enjoyed playing this little arcade console. It feels pretty similar to an actual cabinet, not console, sorry, cabinet Uh, feels pretty similar to an arcade cabinet uh, in terms of the larger style. It has a great screen um, that comes with it. The controls are pretty fluid, like I feel like I'm playing on a standard cabinet uh, in my experience so far. The one thing I've noticed is the quality of the build is there, but I did have some artwork issues. And so I'll kind of dig into that in my experience so far in that one of the side panels, the paper of artwork actually literally started to peel off like the adhesive just wasn't good enough. And so, you know, I was on the phone with you when we, uh, when I, or actually you were here when uh, that was all going down. And so I literally like before we were recording an episode several weeks ago, I put in uh, a request over to one uh, up arcade. I was just like, Hey, this piece is like coming off and everything. Like, what do I do within like 10 minutes? I had a response back from them saying, Hey, take a picture of the, um, the code on the top of the system. The, uh, what is it? Not UPC. Um, yeah, I guess it is UPC serial number, serial number. There you go. Serial number. And so take a picture of a serial number on this part of the cabinet. Uh, let us know exactly which side it is and we'll take it from there. I sent it over within like 15 minutes. They were like, all right, cool. We'll be uh, in contact here in a couple of days and we'll be mailing out a new side cabinet piece for you. Like literally within the span of before we even started recording the episode, I was able to connect with this company, tell them, Hey, uh, here it is. Here's my receipt. Here's everything showing that I bought it within a 90 day period per year warranty. And just instantly like we're sending it to you. Like it's sitting in the house right now. I haven't taken it out of the box, but yeah. I mean, is it like a whole
1: new wood panel or like just a new sticker to put on yourself?
0: Whole new wood panel.
1: Man, dude, that's ridiculous. Meanwhile, over here, I bought like (laughs) I bought a watch from the only company I really buy watches from. Uh, It was on clearance. It came in broken and didn't work or charge. Uh, Sent it back and still haven't heard anything back. And it's been like over a week.
0: Well, I've got a similar issue right now with uh, WizKids because I had some D&D minis that I had purchased and they came with missing pieces and broken pieces. And their customer service is not nearly as good as 1UP uh, Arcade in the experience
1: I've had with this. It makes so, a huge difference when you get good customer service, especially mm-hmm. for people like, I mean, for those of you that don't know John personally, John is like a very like you know picky person. Like I mean, he does like all of the collecting and he's so meticulous about all of that stuff. And like, he hadn't even noticed that like little corner on it. And it's like, he's definitely somebody that if he gets something quality, he'll go back, you know, like looking at buying like another cabinet or something in the future. And without that kind of service, you lose out on that repeat business. So it's like companies like this that really like are on top of it. It's always just like, it's so worth it. For them, And it's like it's no wonder why when you go to like I was looking at their company uh, page earlier and I know a lot of pages have this where it's like the auto like chat thing that pops up and basically like a digital sales assistant being like hey how can I help you or whatever like I never respond to those but it always makes me feel like okay there is somebody here like it's not just a website like people are interested in my being their customer still.
0: Yeah. And, you know, a lot of websites have found the chat function actually does have real people on it nowadays, which is pretty badass um, because I've had a few websites I've had to contact for various things. But, you know, to kind of go to my thing with WizKids, their process is you take the minis that are having an issue, you take a few pictures, you submit it for a claim within like 30 days of your purchase, and then you have to mail it out to them. And it takes like six weeks and then they'll mail it back out to you. There's literally zero contact that you have with them. Mm -hmm. Like zero There is nothing tied to it. And so, yeah. And actually, now that I think about it and it sucks, I just realized I did not put a stamp on my uh, package I sent to them. Oh, you didn't? (laughs) No. I just Just, realized. That's going
1: to get sent back to you pretty quick.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it should get sent back to me pretty quick now that I think about it. Yeah, that's funny, dude. I'm usually very meticulous on those things. I did not stamp that anywhere. I know. I was
1: just telling the people about how meticulous you were.
0: Oh man, dude! Yesterday yeah, was an off day for me. That up, John? Yeah, yesterday was an off day for me for sure. Well, because I had other packages with me, but I did stamp, and that I did have like the actual like postage put on it. So, but yeah, they'll send that back to us. Obviously, if there's no postage, they'll usually send it back and say no postage. So, all good on that front. Um. Let's see. So this cabinet itself, uh, complete in box, you're looking at a, for this cabinet in particular, it's $300 plus tax. Uh, Loose, I don't know if you can really say loose, you could probably say used. I don't see a lot of them used on the market. And when you do, it's typically like preloaded with a bunch of emulators on it for the most part. Uh, So that's kind of what you're looking at. Uh, This system in particular, this cabinet has like 12 games built into it, the Legacy Midway Edition. So you get Mortal Kombat 1, 2, Ultimate or three ultimate and a whole bunch of other games. I don't know, Ryan, do you have the list up right now? Um,
1: yeah, so it's got uh, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, uh, Joust, one of my favorites, uh, Defender, Rampage, Gauntlet, Paperboy, uh, Root Beer Tapper, Bubbles, Tubin, and Wizard of War TM, and it's W O R, don't heard of that one. Haven't either, but,
0: uh, we have played a few. My wife and I played, uh, some bubbles actually. That was pretty fun. Uh, I played a little bit of Paperboy on there the other day. Cause it was just kind of curious. I hadn't played that in years to see how that would play out. And of course I played all the mortal combat games on there a bit, uh, since I got it and I gotta say, man, I've enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I will at some point, hopefully have an opportunity to, uh, do extracurricular activities on the cabinet, uh, a- wink, wink. Some of you know what that could be. Uh, And we'll see how that goes. Uh, But I am very happy with the quality so far. And one of the things that they've done in the recent builds that they've done for these cabinets in the past, when they released these, they just had the artwork. And there was no sort of like protective plastic piece in the artwork, like any sort of acrylic. Now they do include that. So the actual like uh, control board itself is protected. So the artwork doesn't wear off. I, I remember some of the earlier cabinets, and a friend of mine, Uh, had purchased several of these, you could tell like his artwork was just fading over time because that acrylic piece was not there. And um, yeah, so these later versions have that and that's a a nice addition to these cabinets. So uh, Ryan, what are your overall thoughts in, in what we played?
1: I mean, you know, you were way more prolific in your history and experience with cabinets. I never really did the whole arcade thing too much not very good at fighting games and stuff. Um, I think that it felt really nice. Like all the controls were great. Um, It looks adorable without that stand underneath it. It's just, it doesn't seem in any way real practical for me. Like I had like a full on arcade machine in my house when I was a kid for some like side scrolling uh, helicopter game. I don't even remember the name of it. And I mean, it was fun, but, like, the amount of time that I actually spent on it versus the amount of room it took up just never made sense for me. Um, It's not really something I would look at. Like, I know that there's that Simpsons one coming out, but I'm sure that's going to be impossible to buy. Uh, That would be, like, a fun thing, but I'm glad you have one. Uh, You know, I, I like to mess with arcade stuff, and I'd love to go, like, back to, like, an arcade again sometime. Um, well, we can hit up um, starfighters. yeah, it's just it's just not for me. I think that arcades are cool and they're a neat bit of history, and I'll definitely miss them as they continue to disappear over time. And I hope that they are able to hold some kind of spot in the world. and this is a great way to do that to kind of make an affordable way to sell them to individual people um, with great customer support on top of that. So, I would definitely recommend if this is in your wheelhouse, but I don't think that like anybody's going to be casually turned on to buying one of these.
0: I don't know, man. I think the the bulk of their consumers have been more casual to an extent because I can't tell you how many I've seen on things like OfferUp. And usually what it kind of amounts to is like the casual gamer has picked it well, up. So that's and... exactly
1: it. Yeah, they get it and then it doesn't wind up being worth it to them. So they're hawking it on OfferUp. Yeah, but then people like me come in who actually want it
0: and get it cheaper. Yeah, so it works out. Well, you didn't though. I didn't because I could not find one for under six hundred dollars during the pandemic. Oh, geez. Yeah. So when I finally found it, it was three hundred dollars, which I was like, "That's a steal" compared to what it's going for right now. Uh, but yeah, they've got a whole ton of great cabinets coming out. Uh, they got a Killer Instinct one. They have the Simpsons one. Uh, they have several like they have a Star several Star Wars ones. Uh, NBA Jam is out there. Uh, Ninja Turtles, they have a new Ninja Turtles cabinet coming out soon. Uh, so they've got a lot of cool stuff lined up. And dude, I'm I'm stoked to see what else they can do. Like, what's that game that uh, Paul Niemeyer had made? Like his first game was like Demons something.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I don't remember the name, but uh, it'd be cool like to see them revive old, like obscure cabinets. You know, like going away from... The Burger Times of the World and NBA Jams and digging into like the really obscure cabinet titles that are out there, I think that'd be pretty cool. So you know what I would love is a Tetris cabinet. That'd be pretty badass. I would totally buy a Tetris cabinet to play.
1: I would love one of like the top-down, like table-style cabinets. Hmm. I like those. They make those too. They they have several, I think. Yeah. I just, I wouldn't know which one, what game to get on it, you know? I mean, I guess for the most part, they're multi and you can probably put whatever you want on there ultimately, if you were, yeah, if you did that mindset,
0: (laughs) if you did extracurricular activities to your table, uh, you could totally put more titles on there that you enjoy, uh, not condoning it, but yeah, so uh okay dude well uh bottom line here i think at three hundred dollars for this cabinet and by the way you can find some of them at 250 200 if you find if you go locally uh sometimes people have them used uh usually the pac-man arcades is what you find locally for that cheap but at three hundred dollars plus tax i would say this is totally worth it it is just right on the price point i disappeared
1: Yeah, I just stopped hearing you for a
0: minute. Oh, well, I could hear it on my end, and it registered, so it might have been your hearing. Okay, I guess just cut that part out then. No, we'll keep it. We'll keep it raw footage for the listeners. Since you've heard us this far, you can hear all of our faults as well. Uh, So, (laughs) Ryan, I think at, at 300 bucks, I think that this is just right on the price point. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay, well... Next week, we do not have an inflation deflation game uh, because next week is an amazing uh, time that we had with Harrison over at Grief Burrito. Uh, So that's going to be a cool chat that we had with him, just really on everything gaming. It's a good time. uh, Yeah, it was a lot of fun talking with Harrison. And uh, yeah, catch an episode next week. And of course, thanks for sticking on this episode. Um, As we said in the beginning, if uh, you have not found us on social media, you can find us on. At the Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook, at Game Deflators on Twitter. Of course, subscribe onto your podcast application and find us on thegamedeflators.com. This has been episode 144 of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.